This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.36 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokdar with Keith Kam. Let's turn our attention to Japan um, and the government of Prime Minister Fumio Kishida, who have had a rather rough January. So the Prime Minister is contending with a corruption scandal that has rocked the ruling Liberal Democratic Party and resulted in four cabinet resignations last month. The fallout has seen the government's approval rating drop below 20% for the first time since Kishida took office in October 2021. And in addition to the political term while Japan's economy is also facing reverberations from the New Year's Day earthquake in Noto, with the government recently warning of lasting economic impact. Meanwhile, the Bank of Japan continued to signal that it will begin tightening monetary policy from its ultra-low stance last week, but keeps markets guessing as to the timing of the policy shift. This hasn't stopped investors from pouring funds into Japanese equities, with the Nikkei 225 up 6.8% on a year-to-date basis. Will January set the tone for Japan for the rest of the year. For more thoughts on what to watch in Japan, we speak to William Pezet, columnist with Nikkei Asia and a uh, journalist based in Tokyo. William, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, I would like to start with what's happening on the political front. Prime Minister Kishida's LDP party is battling a corruption scandal that has tanked his government's approval rating. The LDP isn't a stranger to controversy, but help us understand why there's so much public anger this time around. I think it's the fact that this is still going on. I think, as you mentioned, this is, uh, you know, in some ways, the LDP is no stranger to these kinds of funding scandals. And there's nothing terribly new about this scandal. What is new, I think, in the minds of voters is that the LDP has been back in power for about 11 years now. And they've been claiming left and right that they're cleaning up politics. And here we are um, at a moment when Japan's economy is in flux and there's a lot of concerns about geopolitics, and the government is still focused insularly on these funding scandals. And I think a lot of voters have taken a deep breath and said, my God, this is still going on, really? And I think that's the problem that Prime Minister Kashida is having right now, and that's one reason why his approval ratings are below 20%. Usually in Japan, when approval ratings are below 30%, that's kind of the, the danger zone for governments. They re- really don't tend to survive very long after they fall below 30%. We're now below 20% as the year begins. So as you mentioned, yes, a very busy January here in Japan. William, what steps have you seen Kishida take to address the scandal? And will do, do you think this will be enough to keep him in control of the government ahead of expected general elections this year? Well, the problem is we've seen no steps. Um, we've seen the prime minister talk about steps. But when you listen to what politicians are saying in Tokyo, there's a great deal of confusion about the actual steps that are being taken. And I think in many ways, we're seeing the prime minister treat the symptoms of the problem, not the underlying problems. And you have seen some attempts to reshuffle the cabinet, for example. You've seen some attempts to push certain LDP factions out of power. But certainly, you're pushing some personnel left and right. But you're not changing the structural problem, which is there's a lack of transparency. There's a lack of reporting that's that's required in terms of uh, the revenues that are raised from political events. And that's the problem. We need more transparency. And we're not seeing a lot from Prime Minister Kishida in terms of new policy. So again, we're just treating the symptoms of the problem, not the underlying problem. And I think voters are onto this. Mm. I understand that the Japanese parliament will be uh, addressing or debating on this scandal when they meet this morning. Um, what do you think could come out of uh, parliamentary proceedings uh, discussing this issue? 
Well, not a great deal. I mean, in many ways, this is all about what Prime Minister Kishida plans to do. And, you know, one of the problems where Prime Minister Kishida is concerned is that he has, as you mentioned, he has a lot of challenges on his plate. Um, certainly the economy is slowing. Um, certainly is, there's a lot of concerns about China slowing. There's a lot of geopolitical concerns around the world. And the prime minister is focused domestically on these financing scandals. And it's hard to see in, in many ways the progress that he can make, A, on these scandals, but also in terms of doing his day job, which is raising Japan's economic game, which is preparing Japan for a very difficult geopolitical year with approval ratings below 20%. And so when you look at where Prime Minister Kishida is as the year begins, it is not exactly where his party had hoped. The the Bank of Japan last week maintained its negative interest interest rates, uh, but signaled that a hike is inevitable. What conditions uh, is the BOJ looking for before tightening its ultra-loose stance, you think? Well, the problem Japan's having right now is it's very likely that Japan entered 2024 in a modest recession, not a deep recession, but certainly negative growth. And if you're the Bank of Japan and you're looking to roll back 20 plus years of quantitative easing at a moment when Japan is in something of a recession, at a moment when China is slowing, it's not an opportune moment to be altering monetary policy. And so the BOJ has many, many concerns on its mind. Uh, there's also politics, right? I mean, in many ways, when you look at domestic politics and the, the chaos we're seeing here in Tokyo, and at a moment when the, the Nikkei is rising at 30-year highs, there's a lot of moving parts that the BOJ has to consider. And I think that the optimism that the BOJ will be changing monetary policy very significantly, say by April, I think it's a bit, uh, I, I think it's a bit overdone. Mm. I really don't see a situation where the BOJ is going to be taking a lot of risks in the months ahead. And I think the other issue is the Federal Reserve. I think the BOJ is waiting to see what the Fed does before it acts. There is talk that a lot of focus is on whether um, inflation can be maintained at the 2% level that the BOJ is is targeting. I think it has already uh, surpassed 2% over the past couple of months. But what do you think is needed for uh, the inflation level to remain elevated? Or are we already seeing it start to slow? Well, I think there's a lot of concern about Japan's inflation increasing as year goes on for two reasons. One, the geopolitics in many ways is creating a bit of a headwind for Japan. You look at events between the U.S. and Iran right now, events in the Red Sea. A lot of these geopolitical moving parts could raise oil prices in the year ahead. At the same time, in the springtime, you're going to see this very important wage negotiation where Japanese workers might get a significant raise this year. So you might see inflation pressures domestically inflation pressures internationally, in some ways forcing the Bank of Japan's hand, you can argue. But then again, if Japan's economy isn't something approaching recession, how do they split that difference? Mm -hmm. How do they, in many ways, make both sides happy? And that's an open question. William, how much uh, does the does the weak Japanese yen have to do with with what's happening uh, today? I mean, the interest in the Nikkei two two five four one is is uh, you know up over six percent, as we said on a year to date basis. But it kind of looks like the, the the dollar yen has gone off a cliff from one forty one at the start of the year to about one forty eight this morning. Yeah, I mean, I was in the U.S. for Christmas, and I'm just getting my credit card bills right now, so it's <laughs> it's a bit traumatic for me here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the yen is uh, is is a big question mark um, in the year ahead. Um, now, you know, the Nikkei right now is roughly at at 30 year highs at a moment when the yen is likely to weaken. 
And certainly a lot of the Nikkei rally we're seeing is predicated on the idea that the weak yen is good for exports, good for the economy. If the BOJ is going to be altering monetary policy in the next few months, as many people expect, what does it mean for the Nikkei? Um, does that mean the Nikkei could actually su su um, sustain some pretty significant losses? And that, what might that do for economic confidence and confidence on the part of investors? That remains an open question. And, and again, I just think the BOJ, after 20 years of quantitative easing, has some very, very significant challenges and some very significant decisions to make in the months ahead. And that's why I'm not all that optimistic we'll be seeing a big change in and BOJ policy over the next few months. I could be wrong, but we'll see. But what about uh, fundamentals of, of of the companies that are that are listed on the Nikkei two two five? What what should we be looking for? Are you optimistic about that? Well, I think you know you can argue that a lot of the changes you've seen in Japan over the last ten years, efforts to increase corporate governance, those are real, and um, those reforms that we've seen are important. However. A lot of the, you know, when you think about a lot of the CEOs running Japanese companies right now, a lot of them have never operated in an environment where interest rates have not been zero or negative, where interest rates have been rising. That's going to be a very significant challenge for, you know, corporate chieftains. And I think it's an open question as to whether Japan Inc. really is ready to step away from zero interest rates. You can argue it has to, given what's happening in the world and given the fact that Japan should be taking off these training wheels we've had on for 20 years now. But the way corporate Japan acts, the way corporate Japan reacts to interest rates rising is a very open question. And I think that's a, a very big uh, wild card mm. for the year ahead, if you will. Let's end the conversation on a look at geopolitics because uh, we know that President uh, Joe Biden will be hosting uh, Prime Minister Kishida in Washington, D.C. this April. Uh, do you think uh, Kishida will still be prime minister at that time? And what are the issues that are going to dominate the bilateral discussions between the U.S. and Japan? Well, I think the odds for our Prime Minister Kishida will still be around in April, partly because the opposition parties here in Japan are in complete disarray. I mean, he benefits from the fact that opposition parties really just are not a factor at the moment. Mm -hmm. But I think when Prime Minister Kishida meets with President Biden, there are two issues. Of course, it's China and how to deal with, with China between the US and Japan. But also, I think that Japan is, is petrified of the idea of Donald Trump coming back. Mm -hmm. And I think in many ways, Prime Minister Kishida wants to get together with President Biden and say, um, Reassure us, please, <laughs> that that we won't see a Trump 2.0, and and what you know what that what that might mean for Asia, what that might mean for a new trade war, what might that might mean for Japan-U.S. relations. That's something that keeps Prime Minister Kishida and J Japan's government awake at night. And so I think that for you know for him and President Biden, this will be a moment to kind of join forces and you know talk about the future. William, thanks so much for speaking with us. That was William Pezet, columnist with Nikkei Asia, talking to us about some of the trends uh, and themes that are going to be dominating the Japanese political and economic landscape in the weeks and months to come. Uh, opposition parties in disarray. It sounds so familiar here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, he, he did point out that Japan is entering 2024 in, in, a, in a mild recession. And it, it kind of was like looking at how the Japanese yen was performing. Um, I, there were several 
several uh, analysts that we had spoken to in the past few few weeks who seem to be quite uh, bullish on the Japanese yen going forward, mainly because of the fact that it's already so weak. And I mean, if you check out your Instagram stories, you find that a lot of your friends are actually going to Japan for holidays because that's where the currency is like the most affordable for us at the point at right. this moment. Uh, but again, William underlined just the different uh, difficult factors that the Bank of Japan has to contend with in uh, shifting its monetary policy. We'll be keeping an eye on that. It is 7.48 in the morning. We're heading into some messages, but when we come back, we'll discuss the purpose of the Royal Commission of Inquiry into the legal proceedings on Pulabotupute. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.